Hello and welcome to Dog Talk with me, your host, Nick Benger, the ultimate podcast to help you take the next step in your dog training journey by learning from the best experts from around the world. Hey, welcome to the podcast. Just to let you guys know as well, Get In Shape Temba has started. If you missed that episode, Basically, me, John McGuigan, Taz Nichols, and Steve Goodall are competing to run the furthest accumulated distance in September. We're also not allowed caffeine, and we're doing this all for charity. So you can follow our progress in the Facebook group, Get In Shape Hyphen Temba. Yeah, I said that right, didn't I? Get In Shape Hyphen Temba. It's only just started, and it's Honestly, it's so funny in there. It's really good fun, that group. So check it out because there's a lot of banter. There's a lot, It's just really, really funny. So join that group and just follow what's going on there. And if you have the ability to uh, donate to the charity, awesome. Um, also, in October, I'm going to be offering something really exciting. I, I'm not allowed to tell you what it is, but until we're, we're ready, but it's going to be really exciting and also it's going to be really exclusive by its nature. So I can't uh, stress enough really, just keep your eyes peeled and because you won't want to miss out on that. Today, I'm talking to Rachel Spencer. Rachel is a freelance journalist and a blogger. Her work has been featured in BuzzFeed, The Independent and The Mail on Sunday. She's also the author of publicity tips for pet businesses. So let's get started. Hey, Rachel, welcome to the show. Hi, Nick. It's lovely to be here. And thank you for for inviting me. Well, thanks for coming on. I think that, you know, I, obviously we first met at Dom's event, Impact, and I saw your you speak on, you know, this content of like, uh, sorry, this idea of getting press for like pet businesses, mm-hmm. which I think is something that I don't know that I've seen anyone else niche into this. So it's quite cool that, and, and you have this, this good angle that you are a freelance journalist, right? Yes. So, well, I kind of niched into it because it, I niched into it myself. So um, I've been a journalist for 20 years now. I know I don't look old enough. Um, but, <laughs> but yeah, so um, I've been a journalist for 20 years and I used to be a feature. I'm still a features reporter. So I write about all kinds of things through investigations. I, I go and interview real life um, people from real life stories do all kinds of different things and then about it'd be 10 years ago I got my own dog so I then started you know um, we'd had a family pet growing up but when I got my own dog um, more I was learning more about being a pet owner um, and seeing all of these things and, and learning about the great things you can do when you've got a dog um, and the products that you buy and all that kind of thing and then I was thinking well this is a story so I kind of started writing more about dogs and then and you know write about all kinds of animals now but then the niche kind of found me as well, if that makes sense. Um, so I think I might, I may have said it on in my talk, but I've certainly quoted it a few times, but I'd say about five years ago, I would say 15% of what I wrote about was pet related and 85% was general. And now I would say that's flipped around to being 85% pet related and 15% general. So, and it's great and I love it. Well, you're really perfectly positioned for it, right? Because you know what, newspapers and all of these kind of different outlets are going to want to 
write about. And I think that that's one of the biggest things people struggle with because if they, you know, the minority that are trying to get press oftentimes are going about it in the wrong way, right? Like, they, you know, maybe they're just talking about them services as Do- as about their own services, as Dom says, kind of like peeing over their website. But when yeah. this, you know, it's just like, I, and I've just started a dog walking business, something like that. And it's like something that the newspaper would probably find a bit boring or wouldn't have a story in it. Yeah, that's the key thing, I think. it's So it's about storytelling um, and it's not about, the like you say, weeing all over your website. It's not we, we, I, I, whatever. It's about the stories in your business. But the great thing about pet businesses is you've got really interesting stories. Like if you were a lawyer or, um, you know, a, a lorry, well, to be fair, you might have interesting stories if you're a lorry driver or a lawyer. But, you know, every time you pick up a newspaper, whether it's local, national or a magazine, you most nine times out of 10, you'll see something about an animal in there. So people love dogs, people love animals. Um, and inside your business, inside your businesses and the people who are listening to this podcast, who are all dog business owners inside your business are stories and, and they're what editors and journalists are interested in. Um, and it's about finding those stories and using those stories and, then you introduce your business as part of the story, but the story often isn't you being a dog walker or you being a dog groomer. It's something that might have happened in the course of your day as a dog walker or groomer um, that becomes a story. Um, and do you, then, do you have a, a, an example of that? Maybe you know, is that the sort of thing where maybe it's like a if you're a dog trainer, maybe it's a case something happens, or have you, is there something that you can think of that maybe would give people an idea of what you mean? Okay, so I think a good example is. Um, some work that I've done with um, Dominic, who you mentioned before, where, so for example, he wrote, so he's a dog trainer and he wrote a book, Worry-Free Walks. Um, and I, I've worked with Dominic before and he asked me to have a look over the book and see if anything jumped out as an angle. Um, and so when he came to me, the, sto- the story was, right, I'm Dominic and I've got this book and I want you to help me promote it. Actually, when I read the book, I, you know, obviously go through everything and I le- read the messages in there. And the, the story that jumped out for me was that dogs are bored and that's why they have behavioral problems. And then I did a little bit more research and found um, there'd been a study by Bristol University um, and they'd kind of, they'd highlighted the, I think it was something like 42 different um, signs of boredom in dogs. So the story then became the nation's dogs are bored and that's what's leading them to have behavioral problems. And then you have Dominic quoted as the expert and talking about his book worry-free walks which helps overcome that boredom so it's about finding it's about finding a story in either in your business or in you know in a product that you've got so it's about you know who's it's basically what you've got to think about is you're going to an editor and the editor might hate dogs or they might love dogs I mean most people do like dogs but you've got to go to them and you've got to convince them that this story this piece of content that you're giving them is going to help their readers so you know the dog population is huge. You know, there's, I think, I think at the last count, it's like 9.5 million dogs in the UK. They know their readers are going to have dogs. So if you've got something that's going to be of value to their readers, then, then you're in, you've, you know, you've got your story. So another example would be, um, I did, um, I think I've quoted this before as well, a dog groomer. Um, so this story about a dog groomer, a lady who set up a dog grooming salon in Warrington, which is where I'm from. Um, and, so she would initially have thought, right, I'm opening my dog grooming salon. Um, I want to do a story about how I'm opening a dog grooming salon. But if she went to the editor or the journalist, they'd just go, oh, okay, that's an advert. Nobody really cares about that. But what she did that was different, which was brilliant, is that she was giving free grooms out to the 
um, the dogs at the local animal shelter and they found that because she was giving these free grooms, the dogs were, you know, coming in and looking, you know, they, they might have come from the streets. They weren't looking, um, you know, they were looking bedraggled or, you know, they've been through tough times. So then she, they're having these grooms and then she's transforming them and they're cute and fluffy. And then people are going in the shelter and, and falling in love with these dogs. So because of what she's done, more dogs are being adopted. So that's the story. Not that she's opened a grooming shop. That's that's a secondary story, but it's in there. But the, the great heart, because I'm getting excited telling you about this story. The great story is, wow, these dogs have been adopted because this lovely girl is grooming them for free. And it's it's brilliant. It's heartwarming. It, it ticks all the boxes. It's emotional. So it's really uh, interesting how you tie, you know, you tie the things in like with Dom's book then you find the study and then you tie it together to make a story. Yeah. I find that really interesting. And actually, this is kind of topical for me because I just finished reading one of Richard Branson's books and he is like the master of getting free press by doing like st creating stories, you know, like going across the ocean in a hot air balloon or whatever mm -hmm. it was, you know, he does like crazy stuff all the time. And he was talking about how this is a strategy to spend a lot less on marketing by getting a lot more press by yeah. creating these kind of stories. And I, you, you can't help but think if he's doing it and he's got like, he's running Virgin, like, you know, billionaire on his Island, yeah. then just think what it could do for uh, dog professionals, essentially. Mm, it is. And it is about creating those stories. And when I'm, when I'm kind of chatting to people and I do a bit of, um, I do some coaching for pet professionals where I help them with writing and, um, you know, writing material for the website and for the social media and that kind of thing. And what I always say is, okay, tell me some stories about your business. Tell me about, you know, what happens if, like I've, I recently did one for a lady who she makes, pro she makes products, so she makes dog walking bags and aprons and um, crate covers. So I was like, well, okay, tell me what made you make these um, dog walking bags and pinnies and crate covers. And like, one story was about how a cockapoo is always rolling in poo. And then she's turned that into a blog post. And that went, that blog post, when it just went crazy and in in the one night that she since she shared the first night after she shared that post she made like three sales of these pennies and she wasn't going oh sell 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 buy my penny she was saying oh you know my dog pickle she loves rolling in poo and it is a nightmare and this is what we have to do and then she had a picture of pickle covered in mud and then a picture of her wearing the pinny while giving pickle a bath and she then managed to sell these pennies in this completely non-selly way by telling a story. Yeah, I think that's a really good way of building trust as well, isn't it? Because yeah. when you, I mean, we're so used to being sold to, aren't we? You know, when mm -hmm. you're scrolling through your feed on whatever social media you're on, like you're so used to the sales pitches now that you just become desensitized. You just start mm -hmm. zoning out, but maybe like more of a story format just captures your attention, especially if it's funny like that. Yeah. Definitely. I mean, people describe it as content strategy or content marketing or inbound marketing, all of those things. And I think when people, particularly small business owners, I when I, when I hear things like that as a small business owner, because you know I'm a I'm a journalist and a writer, I think, oh, what I do isn't content marketing. It's just you know I tell stories and then I've, I've told this story and then I say I've told this story about someone. But that is content marketing. So it's basically all you. Um, as a dog business owner, you just want to be thinking about stories. What kind of story would I tell my friends if I met them in the pub or in the coffee shop about what happened in my business? Or, you know, the kind of things that you're dying to tell people about are the kind of things that you should be using in your marketing and in your content. And they are the things that will attract people to you. So 
um, another lady I've just been doing some work with, Michelle, she's got this, um, she's got like an American bulldog. So he's a really big dog, but he's, um, he's very nervous and he's had a very, you know, she rescued him. He'd had a really bad start in life. Um, and she did this story um, again, which went crazy, got shared loads um, about, you know, my dogs, please don't let your dog run up to my dog because my dog looks big and scary. But actually he's really, he's terrified of these of these smaller dogs. And it was really, really emotional and people really resonated with that. So Michelle's a dog walker and trainer and that, to, you know, she's, she's sharing a personal story, um, but also it, it is, you know, it's relevant to what she does as well. So, so was that content on social media, a blog page or did it into a paper or what was, what was the format on that one? That was a blog post. So that was her first ever blog post. And that got read a thousand times in the first day, which is like, that's phenomenal. She's only got one. She only had one blog on her entire website at that point. So it was just, I was so pleased. It was brilliant. So she puts a post on her blog. So she puts a long form version on her own blog and website. And then she puts a shorter version on Facebook. Um, and yeah, one of the things I teach is kind of, you know, how to vary what you put on Facebook. So your first post might be a picture of the dog that you're writing about or the product or the service. And then the second might be you link out to it. The third might be, you know, a big chunk of quotes or that kind, that kind of thing. So well, the, yeah. cool thing, the cool thing about that is you're repurposing it to some yeah. extent, aren't you? You're getting more kind of bang for your buck by writing the blog mm. and then also posting it on Facebook, you know, and if she had done, if she had... um an email list she could have sent out as an yeah. email list or she could have done it on a podcast as well so she creates like one piece of content that she can then use across different platforms and get even mm -hmm. more for it and it kind of ties into what Stephen Craven was talking about when we were at Impact as well which is you know like that blog post which she wrote and got a thousand views on like if she had then wanted to uh, put some money into using that as an advertising tool she could have then marketed that to like local people right yeah definitely because you you can use the again i'm not a facebook expert but as Stephen explained you've got the pixel on your website so you know who's been on it and then you can retarget them through facebook so yeah it's blogging is hard and people get a little bit overwhelmed by it but it's brilliant um so yeah that's a perfect example of how you can use your blog to then retarget via your pixel on facebook and instagram um, so yeah, it's a, it's, it is, well, it's about kind of creating that, that core piece of content and then you really getting your money's worth out of the work that you've put in. Hmm. So. Well, that, well, that's a particularly great story, actually, because I think that it's really relatable. You know, the idea of trying to get dogs to stop running up to you when you've got yeah. dogs that are reactive or scared or whatever, because I think everyone can relate to that. You Definitely. know, and that's not, is it Michelle? Do you say? Yeah. Do you say? Yeah. So it's, that's, that story isn't even unique to Michelle. Like I'm sure everyone yeah. listening that does dog walking or training, everyone knows, you know, that's a pain in the ass. Yeah. So it's really trying to dig those experiences and those stories out. Mm. How do you go about it though? Because sometimes it can be tricky. I mean, I actually, I think I spoke to you, Rachel, a while back after Impact about one story that I did that managed to get onto local radio was about this uh, Labrador that I was working with that wasn't getting enough stimulation, essentially. Um, you know, the owners had a baby and they just couldn't do enough with this dog. It was really driven. And 
uh, I had a chat with the radio and we spoke about it because they tied it into a piece they were doing on rescue dogs. Mm -hmm. And because this dog ended up going to the local police and basically doing tryouts for the police force, you know, to become a sniffer dog. And it was just like this really cool story of like this dog that hadn't, wasn't working out in a kind of pet home and ended up, uh, ended up doing these tryouts for the police. Mm -hmm. But how do you go about it when you have these like cases because if you're a dog trainer you get you I mean you're doing cases all the time and some of them mm. are a bit quirky and interesting yeah. I can kind of see how you would make content out of that in terms of like your own stuff like blogging mm-hmm. social media posts but I think where it gets scary is when it becomes like external like newspapers and all of that kind of stuff. And how do I approach them? Do, I assume that I probably have to like, okay, this with a client as well. Mm. Right. And that kind yeah. of stuff. Yes. So, okay. So first of all, brilliant. Um, great, great example there. Cause that's a really heartwarming story because, um, you know, it's a dog, um, you know, obviously a, a lovely dog, a lovely family dog. And it's a problem that many families have and that a lot of people can relate to. Um, and then you've got the, the, lovely outcome of him going to go and help the police and do something really worthwhile. So it's a brilliant, brilliant story. It ticks so many boxes um, from a journalist point of view, but also it's relatable. Um, It's the kind of thing I know would do really well on social media. And as you say, got picked up by the, by the local radio station. So first of all, what I would say, because social media, because, because things on social media take off as you've experienced there, you ended up on the radio. Um, I think before you put anything on social media, obviously get, um, to get the permission of the of the I was going to say well yeah of the pet parent of the owner um, or your client so because can, what can happen quite a lot now is if something does go on social media and it does well um, newspapers will pick up on it and sometimes they won't even contact you to say we're going to use this story they'll just take it off Facebook so anything you put on Facebook be prepared for it to end up it is Facebook is a public domain so be prepared there is potential for it to be picked up on and you know, it could end up on the like Chris Evans talked talks about dogs sometimes on his radio show. I've just been listening to LBC on the way on the drive here, um, and they were talking about the girl who um, she put on Facebook about being sat from a job because her dog died and she took the day off. Oh yeah, see, yes. I hadn't even tied that in, but I did see that article. Yeah. So yeah. be prepared um, for the dog trainers and dog pet professionals who are listening now be prepared for anything you put on social media to be picked up so um if you if you are concerned you know make sure you check it out with the owner first and get their permission first of all and then secondly when it comes to dealing with journalists i i can say this and i know that you know me and we've met in real life and everything so you know that i'm not scary and i've met like lots of other pet professionals and they know me and I'm, I'm, i'm not scary but yeah, dealing with journalists, it can be scary, and I completely get that. And I, when I speak to people who don't know me and who just kind of sp- speak to them for the first time, they're like, okay, you're not scary, but it is scary, and it is. But what I would say is this. Um, make sure that you've kind of – make sure that you're comfortable with the story and you're comfortable with what you're putting out there and that you've got everything right and that you know that the owner's happy. So if you were talking, say, for example, like that Labrador case is a really good example, I perhaps maybe um, – if you're doing – so you – possibly probably did that for your social media for or for your email um, newsletter or something like that first so you'd chat to the family get the quotes from them I would perhaps to cover yourself um, email them the quotes and email them what you're posting before you post it 
so you know that they're happy and you've got that email trail and then if a journalist picks up on it then they are only going to use the content that you've given them they're not going to go off and, and write anything anything more than what you give them they might want to go to they might want to interview you which is fine great if a journalist wants to interview you then that's brilliant um but yeah don't be scared because they're only they're only going to be able to use what they've got from you that's really interesting because i think that you know you'd make the assumption that you send them like an email saying hey i've got this story about this dog that became sniffer dog or whatever and you know they would do the investigation investigating themselves but it sounds like what you're saying is you want to give them as much of the kind of story as possible so that they don't have to do loads of digging and talking to people and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Unfortunately there's been um, massive, massive cuts in local newspaper and even our national newspaper um, budgets and staff levels over the last 20 years since I was a journalist, since I was on local papers, like we used to have, you know, a team of four photographers covering one small town and now there's one photographer who covers, um, you know, four counties. So they're wow. really, yeah, I know it's, it's quite scary. So they're really kind of time poor. So what I would say is have give be, have as much information as you can um, to give to the journalist. Quite, when I, when I work with clients, I say to them, send a pitch and have a press release ready. So if you have like your brilliant Labrador example, you might send an email saying, hi, it's Nick. I'm a dog trainer in your town. Um, I've got this story about a, a, a client that I work with. Um, they sadly had to rehome the dog, but the dog is now um, a police sniffer dog. And I wondered if it might be of interest for your readers. Um, then you could, I would also say in there, if you like, I can send you a press release because they might come back and say, yeah, we love it. Can we chat to you? Can we chat to the owner? Or they might say, actually, yeah, we, we are quite um, busy can you send a press release and then if you've got your press release ready they literally you know the way I kind of coach press release writing is you create something that they can cut and paste and it's a story written ready for them they've got the pictures in the format that they want to have them um, and that's it you know they can cut and paste put it on the page um, and then if you're fortunate enough for them to ring you back or to email back and say yep I'd love to come and meet you I'd love to come and interview you then that's fantastic but if not you you know you're providing them with everything that they need to make the story Okay, so that's what a pre- press release is then. It's, it's, it's essentially the, the story. Yes. Yeah, with pictures and quotes and... Yep. So do, you you have would... a, do you have a thing on this, Rachel? Yeah, I've, so I've got a book on it. Um, I've got a book which I wrote because I was... When this kind of... This morphing from writing about everything else to writing mostly about pets happened, I thought I was getting a lot of people saying... We need. I need help, but I don't have a budget. So I wrote a book, um, which you can get on Amazon, which is called. I'll just give. Here we go. It's called Publicity for Pet Businesses, um, and yeah, that tells you everything that you need to know. Um, but it also has like a press release guide in there as well. And if you, I have a template on my website. So um, it is Publicity for Pet Businesses.co.uk, and if you just go on there, it, it says put your email address in, you get a free press release template. And that breaks down um, writing the headline, writing the title, um, what your first three paragraphs should be, um, where you put your quotes, what you put at the end, what your call to action is. So it literally just tells you step by step what you should do. Oh, wow. Um, That's extremely helpful. So, okay. So once you've got that then, and you have your idea for a story, who do you send it to? So I would say the best thing to do, because I know all you guys are really good at 
you know, you're obviously chatting to people all the time, get on the phone, ring the office and ask to be put through to the news editor or the news desk and then get the, just say, I'm, you know, I just ring you because I've got a story um, about and very succinctly tell them what it is. Um, would it be okay to send over an email? And then you'll get, you know, rachel.spencer at blah, 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 rather than editorial at um, the Warrington Guardian. So you, you want to get that person's name and send right. it directly to them. So yeah, just jump on the phone, ring the office. Um, don't waffle, You don't need to waffle on or anything like that. Just say, I've got a story about a dog that was going to be rehomed and it's now a police dog. Um, can I send over some details on email? And then they'll okay. say, yeah, here's my email. Okay, so when you have created your press release as well and you want to send it out, do you are you can you send it to multiple people or just one outlet? What I tell people to do, because sometimes if say for example you've got like um say you've got a book launch, um, then it's okay to send it out to multiple people. And I think people would expect that. Or if you're having like a dog show, for example, say if you're having a dog show in Warrington and there's four local papers in Warrington. They would, if you're sending like an announcement or you've got an event, they would expect you to send it to all the papers in Warrington because you want to reach as many people as possible. If you've got a brilliant story like the one about your Labrador, they would want to have it to themselves first. So they would want it to be exclusive. So I, what I do then is you have your list of the people who, the places where you'd like your story to go. So again, if we use Warrington as an example, top of my list might be the Warrington Guardian followed by Warrington News, which is a web, Warrington Worldwide, which is a website, followed by um, South Warrington News. And then you would kind of work, could start at the top. And if it didn't go in the first one, then you go down to the next one and pitch it to them. And then if they said, no, you pitch it to the next one and, and work your way down. Or the other thing you can do, again, with your Labrador story is if you, you're kind of your biggest publication, you let them have that first and then, after it's appeared there, you can send it to other publications. Oh, okay. Um, but yeah, ideally, um, if you're thinking about, if you're thinking you want to start working with the media and get, you know, get your face in the paper or in local magazines, spend a day, go around, um, you know, obviously go to your local news agents and then go to like your cafes, your dentists and doctor surgeries and just get all those weeklies, free sheets, magazines that people read and leave lying around. And then, you know, you can have a look through them and see where you think you'd like to appear um yeah i remember talking about yeah talking about book launches i remember reading this story by one of my favorite authors ryan holiday and he he wrote this book called the obstacle is the way and he was talking about marketing it and how um he found out that it had been read by the team that won the super bowl that year so they had the the coach had like given them all the book to Mm. read and he targeted one of the smaller like American football blogs and sent it to them. And then from there, a a bigger outlet took it from them. And then an even bigger outlet took it from them. And it became like a really big story and it sold loads of books for him. I wondered if that was something that happens a lot where the bigger publications will kind of keep an eye on the smaller publications maybe and kind of see, Oh, you know, that's a really good story actually. Absolutely. So I've got a story that's going on at the moment and it's about this brilliant rescue in Manchester. Um, and I'm touch wood, I'm touching wood. Um, I'm hoping it's going to go into a Sunday newspaper this weekend. So, but yeah, quite often there are in every town and every city is a news agency and they 
go through all the local papers every day and local websites, radio stations. They also look at Facebook as well. So they're on Facebook and looking at looking at local media and thinking, right, which stories could potentially get into a national? So sometimes you'll see a story in the Daily Mail, which is like the holy grail of publicity, um, that has come from the Warrington Guardian. So it might be a really, it will have been a big story for the Warrington Guardian, but it's been picked up by um, like Cavendish Press in Manchester as a news agency here. They will have read the Warrington Guardian and thought, right, that's a good story. Let's get on it. We'll pitch it to the Mail or pitch it to the Daily Mirror or the Telegraph or whoever. So, yes, your local papers, people are scouring them. And if your story's strong enough, it's got that potential to go and get, in, get into a national. So quite often I will work with people and they'll be like, oh, you know, I really want to get into a national. And I will say, well, actually, you know, your story lends itself better to a local paper. But you never know, because if you, your story does well in a local paper, it's then picked up and syndicated and it ends up in a national as well. But particularly for like your your listeners, it's, you know, if you're a dog walker in Manchester, you want to be reaching people in Manchester. You don't care about being on. Yes, it's brilliant to have the kudos. Yeah. I've been on the Mail Online or on, you know, Radio 5 Live. But ultimately, you want to be reaching your dog owners in Manchester, don't you? So, yeah. I guess it really depends on your goal, doesn't it? You're right. If you have yeah. a local service, it does, you know, it makes most sense to be published in the local places, which is yeah. actually probably really good mm. for the getting press side of things because those are going to be the outlets that are slightly easier to get into right yeah definitely and but, it's about but build- if, so, if someone has like a, a bigger product like dom's book launch then they want to get in the big publications right yeah and is that the way to go about it then to try getting the smaller ones first or do you think just go for it and try to get in the big ones straight away i think i think i think you want to i think if you're starting out doing this and you want to start where people, you know, where it's going to be a little bit of a kinder experience. So if you go on like the Mail Online, you do not know what's going to happen. You might get trolled. It might be horrendous. It might be brutal. Whereas if you go on the Manchester Evening News website, people are going to be kind to you. So like this story that I'm potentially working on at the moment, it's about a, a rescue in Manchester. And she's had loads of coverage in the Manchester Evening News. But um, there's potential that we're going to go and get it into a national. And people will find it controversial that she's rescuing dogs from Romania and she'll get trolled and she can deal. I know Emma will be fine and she'll be able to deal with that because she's, you know, she's great and she's been doing this for a long time. But if it was your first experience of going into, you know, getting media coverage, you, I would say start with your local paper and also like your local paper, it's really important to build those relationships and be that really helpful person that the, per, that the people on your local paper come to, the journalists come to, because you know, you you then get repeat, you you then have more opportunities to get in your local paper and they're the people you want to be reaching. And you want to be like, not meant, like you said at the beginning, not lots of dog businesses don't pitch story ideas to newspapers. So if you are the one that does, like Dominic is a great example. He's now like the go-to guy in Newcastle for anything pet related. So, you know, they went out and filmed him when the heat wave happened and he was talking about what to do with your dog in the heat wave. Um, You know, TV crew went out and filmed him. Um, so you want to be that really helpful person. Um, and yeah, working with your local paper is definitely the way forward. I think when you kind of produce any kind of content, you have to have a bit of a hard shell, don't you? I, yeah. I mean, I had um, Jordan Shelley on the podcast and he's probably the prime example because Jordan, he, w- he used to have a regular segment on the one show yeah. when he was starting out. And he 
wasn't as experienced as he is now and he was using methods that are really outdated and he ended up getting kind of booted off the one show and it became like this national press thing where he had um, journalists outside of his house waiting for him to try to take photos of him and all this kind of stuff and you know he had to kind of like sneak into his house I can't remember how he did it but oh my he God. Did, it is really dramatic yeah um so i'm not suggesting that local dog walkers are going to get that yeah (laughs) don't yeah don't do that well i'll tell you the other thing that i I can't wait to see this tv program i don't know when this podcast will go out because i think the tv program will have been screaming by the time this goes out but have you seen the, the blurb or the trailers for um that program about can you train a dog like a baby or something or can you yeah, train that, a baby like a dog yeah that's joe rosie's program yeah, yeah she's she's been on the podcast before as well and yeah that is i don't know if that was intentional well i assume it has to have been intentional how controversial it is yeah. right yeah um and i've seen already seen so many facebook arguments about it yeah but i, I don't know you probably know better than anyone is that kind of thing with the TV companies, do you think that they kind of... Because they could have just titled it, like, I don't know, like Super Nanny style, something, you know, something along those lines, and probably people wouldn't have batted an eyelid, but because they've titled it Train Your Baby Like Your Dog or whatever it is, that, you know, like people are instantly, they've got their back up yeah. kind of thing. That's kind of what it's all about, yeah. Um, so... <laughs> So I do hope that Joe's going to be okay. I don't know Joe, but um, yeah. I'm sure she'll be fine. He's massively put her head above the parapet. And, or I put something on my group and, you know, I'm not a pet professional, but I've got pet professionals in there. And that that kind of went off a little bit the other day. Um, and yeah, some very strong opinions. But then I don't have children myself. And also mm. I'm not a dog trainer. I've, you know, I've been a dog trainer's client. So I know a little bit, but that's, that's you know, that's all I know. But you know, some people were saying, well, yeah, actually, reward-based principles work for children as they do for dogs. So it's definitely a talker. Um, and, yeah, I sent an email out to my list the other day saying, as soon as I saw the trailer, I was like, have you seen this? Because you need to be creating content around it. And, uh, you know, this is going to be massive and you're going to get a lot of reach on social media. Um, oh, really? Okay. Yeah. Oh, so, so this is important, actually, because this is uh, what's called news tracking, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, so maybe we should cover this because people might not be aware of what this is. Yes, I know. So we assume I, you, we both just assume that that people know about news jacking, don't we? So news jacking. Um, so another example. So this this Joe Rosie program is going to be amazing. Can't wait for it. So, um, but yes. So news jacking. When you know. So when that is basically about seeing something that's on the news and creating content around it. So um, when Graham Hall did his dog training program. There was, I saw um, a lot of dog trainers posting, but it was actually a few days after the program had gone out and it was before I did the work that I do now. I wasn't really doing coaching. I was just observing as a journalist. Um, and I thought afterwards, you know what, if I no, if that happened now, like, like I said with the Joe Rosie program, I've told everyone a week before to get on this do something about it, create some content. So when that program's going out, you've got something you can put on social media and you're going to reach people. So newsjacking is where you pick on something that's on the news and that's relevant to your business and that you create content around it. So you might ask, you know, do you think you can teach, a, do you think you can train a child like a dog? Or do you think, um, you know, you sh- do you think we should be shouting no at dogs like 
this man on this program is doing. Um, you know, so you get people talking about what you do. So you can you can use Jack by creating social media posts. Um, again, you get great great reach from that. You can use Jack by creating content on your blog, and you can also use Jack by even contacting your local paper and saying, um, you know, we've seen this program's going on. Um, people are talking about it. I'm a dog trainer from Warrington, and these are my thoughts on it. Would you be interested in you know me writing an article about it? And to be honest, like what you have to think about is particularly with the internet and social media now newspapers are working in the same way as we all are where we they want to reach people as well they want people sharing their content so using the warrington guardian as an example and i know they won't mind because i'm still friends with the news at the time always quoted the warrington guardian um if they had a dog trainer go to them and say yeah i want to i've seen this program can i write would you mind if I wrote an opinion piece on it? They'd be like, yeah, go for it because we'll share that on our Facebook and it will go, you know, people will love that. People will share it. People will comment because the papers want the same like shares and, and comments as, as you and I do as business owners. So yeah. That's in, what's interesting about that as well is I think that people are worried to take a stance on something that's controversial either way because mm. they're worried that they're going to alienate a certain percentage of people. Yeah. Right. So they're worried that either way they fall on that. Right. Mm -hmm. Do they fall on it's okay to use dog training techniques with children or it's not? They're worried that people that think either way are going to, you know, get the pitchforks out essentially. I get that. And I, <laughs> I, I do. I totally get it. Um, but what, okay. So you've got, you've got a couple of options. So some people are really, some people just don't care and they, They've got very thick skin and they, they don't care what people think. And that's fine. I'm personally, I'm not one of them. Um, so what I do, if I've got something that I think is controversial and I want to put it out there, I would say, what do you think? There's this program on, this is what it says. What do you think? Let me know your thoughts. Whereas somebody who's a bit tougher than me might say, I completely agree that dogs should be treated like children. And then, you know, it's polarizing. So sometimes you, you, you know, if you're one of those people who, is happy to polarize then great you probably do get more reaction and more opinion but you're more divisive so whereas i personally would say what do you think if it's something i felt really strongly about i might say actually yeah you know what i think this as well like you know maybe you know should dogs be like one of my contacts doesn't believe that dogs should be banned from pubs and stuff like that or you know like when the dog was when the bbc reports had the dog sitting on a seat on the train next to her people are going mad about that i personally would have said no i think it's fine for a dog to sit on the seat on the train you know they just sat there minding their own business the ladies put a blanket down what's wrong with it so i would have an opinion on that it's, that's, pro it's, that's probably another controversial thing isn't it yeah and that's interesting because that's probably something that people see every day but don't really talk about yeah. So it's kind of like, it's relatable, isn't it? Like mm. people have probably seen someone do that at some point and it's like this weird gray area. Yeah. But the other thing is, is, you know, everything can be turned into a content opportunity. So if... Yeah, it's kind of having that lens, isn't it? It's kind of yeah. thinking of it like that. You know, like you were talking earlier about this lady that got fired for taking some time off um, when her dog died. And I have seen that story, but because I'm not thinking about it, like you think about it, yeah. I just kind of like scroll past, you know? <laughs> you know? Yeah. So it's having that in your mind that you're looking for opportunities to do that kind of news jacking yeah. or how can I turn this into press for what I'm doing? Mm. 
And it is, it's, it's something that you can learn quite quickly, though, because once you do the first one and you get that kind of, I would describe it as a hit, when in journalism you would describe a successful story as a hit so not like a you know like a drug hit or anything but anyway so once you if you so say for example you post the the um you know should people get should people get bereavement and um, should people get compassionate leave if you posted that on your facebook and normally you only get five comments per post but you posted that and you got 50 five comments per post you'd be thinking oh my god that was brilliant i love that i love this i'm going to do more of this and then and you've got, you've just got to, I guess you've just got to keep trying and thinking, okay, what are people, what's going to get people talking? Think about do you think, do you think that's the goal though? Because I think that some people actually get a bit angry about that. You know, when you see people that seem to be deliberately causing controversy in order to spike their engagement. And some people kind of think, you know, that can get talked down on a bit. You know, people can be like, oh, he's doing that. And he's doing that intentionally. He just wants people to go to his page or whatever and people can get a bit angry about it do you think that it has do you think that even when you are controversial like that it has a positive effect on your business or should people worry about turning you know people going oh actually i don't like it i don't like that i think it depends on the individual and i also think i get i get what you're saying because i think i think you've got to do it at your own discretion and it's what you feel comfortable with so I, I kind of describe it as like the Katie Hopkins thing. So Katie Hopkins is always being controversial, isn't she? And she doesn't care. So some people will be like Katie Hopkins. Some people won't be. Some people will share a, 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 will share a range of content. But I think if something's really relevant to you, then I think it's okay to be controversial. If it's something that you really believe in and really stand for. So say, for example, like if you're a dog trainer, or a dog walker and you only work with anxious dogs and then there's something in the news about anxious dogs or um you know a dog that a dog that got run over because a dog off an awfully dog ran up to him and he was anxious and that's something that's right in your niche and you feel really passionate about it's fine for you to get on your soapbox and say this is you know what do you think about this this is terrible because this is my niche this is my my kind of area so like i i say recently i lost my dog um a year and a half, eight, just over 18 months ago. So when this bereavement story happened, I thought, actually, no, I am okay to talk about this on my social media because I have written a lot about bereavement and I feel that I know that from, from my blogs and the feedback that I've had, it's helped people. So it's okay for me to talk about this. I'm not doing it in an attention-seeking way. I'm doing it because this is something that people know that I've talked about a lot, whereas I wouldn't talk about puppies because I've not had a puppy for, you know, 20-odd years. I think people are particularly sensitive to the controversial stuff right now. Yeah. You know, like people talk about this being like the PC era or whatever. And, you know, yeah. sometimes you see celebrities and maybe they say something that's a bit controversial and then they immediately apologize afterwards and delete it yeah. and kind of like, you know, um, and that can be controversial in itself because some people say, you know, you should stand by your belief. Mm -hmm. And just because a couple of people on Twitter get angry at you, you shouldn't just delete it and apologize. You know, like there was that thing Neil deGrasse Tyson posted a couple of weeks back after the shooting. Uh, you know, they had this mass shooting and he posted yeah. the statistics which show that the amount of people that die in mass shootings is much lower than people that die from everyday things like heart attacks and and being hit by a car and all of this kind of stuff. And some people felt, well, he's a scientist. He's just putting the facts out there. He's just kind of putting this in perception. It's not that he's being 
Uh, it's not that he doesn't care about mm. mass shootings. And other people say, oh, it's really insensitive to yeah. talk about this right now. And I think he deleted that. And I think he might have apologized for that. And some people would say, no, just you stand by your point. What's your view on that? I think I just think you have got to you you do what you feel comfortable with. And and I just think the like what I try and think of is I'm being a bit Katie Hopkins here. And I would say that's that's a good way to a good principle to stand by. So I wouldn't. Yeah, I think I think so you're if, saying don't be Cape T. Hopkins. <laughs> no, no, no. Right. So for me, right. Some people might love being controversial and might love, you know, having crazy. Like I've got a friend who's like a LinkedIn trainer, and she's constantly putting all these great things on LinkedIn that get massive engagement, and that's for her. But it's not for it's not my cup of tea. Mm. I'm, you know, I'm probably quite boring. But I think you've just got to do what you feel comfortable with, and also what you know, you've got your kind of whether you're a dog walker, trainer, groomer, you've got your audience and you know what they like um, and what resonates with them. So if you think it's going to resonate with your audience and it's going to be that, that they're going to go, yeah, I agree with you on that. That's what I stand for as well. Then do it. And if you think it's going to, you know, if it is going to upset people and cause controversy, then just it's, it's very, it's, I think it's something that takes time. And if you've maybe got, because I know quite a lot of people who'll be listening might be in membership communities and that kind of thing. I think if you if you're concerned about something, if you're thinking, okay, I, I want to post about this, you know, do you train a dog like a baby TV program or baby like a dog? Um, but I'm not quite sure. Then maybe go into like a membership community, like say, you know, Helen Mottran's got one, for example. Um, maybe go in there and say, what do you think about this? Sound people out, um, and you've got that kind of sounding board. But if it's something that you think no, I really feel strongly about this. I think it's terrible that this has happened to this anxious dog or whatever it is that's happened. Just do it. Yeah. One of the things we spoke about um, uh, back at Impact was this idea of trying to make some of this news, which can sometimes be a little bit uh, temporary or of, you know, can move quickly a little bit, have a bit more of an evergreen effect. And this idea of having, you know, on your website featured in, whatever it is your dog you yeah. know the observer you know and and having that kind of lend some credibility to your business definitely so what i always say is um and i'll probably touch on this later but there are lots of different ways you can get into newspapers but once you've been in that newspaper or magazine or radio show or tv show yes have that evergreen thing of getting it on your website you get the pdf or a scan or if it's radio, you know, you can get like a sound file, can't you? Get it on your website, get the logo as seen in BBC, Bristol or um, Your Dog magazine. So you've got that longevity and you have that credibility because people are impressed when they land on your website and see that you featured in The Guardian or, or wherever it is that you have featured. And that it does build that trust, particularly like with, you know, with, you know, more with older clients like my mum for example if she was looking for a dog walker she'd go to you know the local magazine or but you know if she'd seen somebody in the newspaper she would think that that's the person I want to work with because they must be good because they've been in the local paper yeah I had this recently happen to me actually um I uh, so there's a company called free best rated and they kind of rate businesses in various sectors and say who they believe to be the free best rated in that area yeah so i am among the free best rated dog trainers in bristol and i put that on my website and um 
and I had a client ring me up and she was, she, it was a client I hadn't heard from in years. And she was like, oh my God, you're doing well. You've, you've won this award. (laughs) To me, it wasn't a big deal. It was just like, oh, you know, it's just, um, they featured me here. So I'm going to include that on my website. But to her, that was like, that added something, you know, that kind of made it seem a little bit more special, which I think is exactly what, what you're trying to achieve with this. Yeah. It's about, um, it feels brutal to say this, but it is, it's about rising above the froth because there are so like, so there are so many dog walkers now. Like there's one girl I was working with and she, there was something like 40 dog walkers in her local area, but she was getting, she had a column in her local paper. So it was, she was setting up, she was rising above the many, many other people who were doing the same thing. I mean, I used to do social media years ago and the lady who used to, give me a bit of help with that. She said it is about rising above the froth um, because you, you feature in newspapers that sets you above, sets you apart from all, you know, the many other people who do this. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think there, there is a lot to be said for that. And also with your, if you're in um, your local paper, you've got that SEO as well. So when people Google yes. your name, uh-huh. it's there forever. It's evergreen in that respect as well. Yeah, that's really that's really good. I was going to say restaurants can sometimes be really good at this. Like, um, I'm thinking of like Five Guys, the big burger chain. Every time you go in Five Guys, they've got like their newspaper clippings up, like best burger in wherever. You know, like they they can be really good at. And I, I know a lot of restaurants do that where they cut it out and they just put it on the wall. Yeah. But I think that dog trainers and dog services probably don't think about that as much. Yeah, so you definitely should have them on your website. You should maybe have if you've got if you've got some decent press, even bloggers as well. Um, get a media page on your website or a news page um, and feature. You know, have the scans on there um, and have you know as seen in on your website. Um, you know, somewhere quite prominently because people people love that. Yeah, I think I think you know this is one of the reasons I wanted to talk to you, Rachel, because I think that this is an area where there's. A, like people aren't exploiting it enough. People aren't thinking about it enough. You know, they're thinking about, I know we've spoke about doing some of the Facebook stuff, but they're thinking about maybe doing some more, like uh, for dog walkers, the classic is posting pictures of their walks and all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Right. But they're not thinking about how can I work with the local paper yeah. or even how can I repurpose some of this content? Yeah, Definitely. Okay. So I'm, because I, I'm really conscious of time and I don't okay. want to go on too long, but also I don't, um, I want to give something of real value. So okay. I, I probably said this to you when I met you um, because I always say it to people and it's, it seems like such a simple tip, but honestly, it will be the game changer for you. If you do this, the easiest way for you to get press coverage is to go on Twitter. And every time I speak to dog walkers and trainers and groomers, they're like, Oh, I don't do Twitter. It's rubbish, whatever. But spend 10 minutes every day going on Twitter and checking journal request, hashtag journal request, or if anyone's listening in America, it's H-A-R-O, which is help a reporter out. And that is the one way that you will get media coverage. And if you do that every day for, uh, I'm going to say three months, and if if it doesn't happen in three months, then come and hunt me down and I don't know, I'll send you, I don't know, an Amazon voucher or something. But if you do, <laughs> right, a challenge, if you do that every day for three months and you don't get any media coverage then then well i'll eat my hat but anyway that is, a, <laughs> that is the one way that i always okay. tell people to 
do get media coverage. So if you're like you're in Bristol, you do journal requests and then put Bristol in the filter as well. And you're going to see loads of you'll see loads of different things, but you'll see local, regional, national opportunities. Particularly, it's mainly national opportunities that you'll get from journal requests. But the other the other really so look for that hashtag and try and check it as often as you can. And it might be like, for example, I deal, I've got a lady called Nikki Williams, who's in my Facebook group and she creates products um, and she like basically gets like stones and she'll do like a beautiful painting of your dog on like a pebble. It's a bit, sounds a bit random, but it's really nice stuff. Just all, all those kind of things. So she's a creative and she, um, I had a journal request come to me because I got emailed them as well saying, we're looking for people who've got like loads of things with their dog's pictures on. So I knew that she had, because I see her pictures on Facebook. So she had like, you know, cushions, mobile phone cases, um, like these beautiful stones and all these different things in her house. So I was like, yeah, I've got this woman. She's brilliant. She's got all these things. She sent me some photos. So she got in the Daily Mail and it said, Nikki Williams makes these things and here's photos of her with these creations. But she also got three pages in um, Dogs Today magazine. Now that's oh, amazing. Wow. I know. And that's from yeah. Journal Request. So that she wasn't talking directly about a business, but she could mention a business in there and what she does. And that was from journal request. So, yeah, there's, you know, some absolutely brilliant things have come from journal request. Well, thank you so much for coming on and sharing your tips with us. Where can people find out more about you and potentially work with you if they want you to help them with this stuff? So my website is publicityforpetbusinesses.co.uk. And I've got a Facebook group, which you can find from that website. And that is publicity tips for pet businesses. And then if you want to find me on social media, I am at Rachel Spencer UK on all platforms. And then the other thing that I would say to do with Twitter, just while I'm on the subjects, it's my favorite thing for getting people in front of journalists is spend some time, like spend an afternoon going, finding your local papers, magazines, radio stations on Twitter, and then put them into a list. You can, I've got a video on this, actually. So if anyone's interested, you can email me um, and I'll send you the video. So you can do like a Twitter list um, where you put, you do like a meet, call it media or journalists, and you can build up a list of all the people who are journalists in your area. And then every couple of days, just maybe go and check it. And then if you've got, say if we're in the same town, Nick, and um, I'm saying, oh, you know, I really need to interview an electrician for a story. And you've got a mate who's an electrician. You pop up and go, oh, I can put you in touch with, you know, Dave Jones, then I'll remember your name when you send me a press release. So it's a really good way to build relationships with people. So that's my other, like, I know it's really simple, but that's my, that is the way for you to get easy hits. Yes. Um, that's really good networking, isn't it? Yeah, definitely. Like providing value up front. Yeah. And it's just really, you can access anyone on Twitter. It's not like on Facebook or Instagram where, you know, you can, you know, you can reply to someone's tweet and send them a direct message and, even you know even celebrities you can reach out to so well yeah i mean great. look at what steve mann has done recently who's the founder of the imdt he messaged um i can't remember the name guy oh J john cavanaugh who is uh conor mcgregor's coach who's quite famous within the mixed martial arts uh training scene and yeah. you know john's basically john did like a must be like a 10 minute video talking about dog training and it was all you know related to his experiences with steve yeah so i mean i think twitter can really pay off if if like you said rachel if you pay attention to it and think about it in terms of uh, this kind of thing 
Definitely. In fact, I'm going to do a video on building Twitter lists and I'm, I will, if anyone wants to drop me an email, it's rachel at rachelspencerwrites.com and then I can send that over to them. Um, but right. yeah, it's the one thing that's a proper game changer, I'd say, using Twitter. Fantastic. Really help you. Well, thanks so much for coming on, Rachel. That's okay. It's been great talking to you and I hope people found it helpful. And if you do get anything from um, my advice, please let me know because I really like to hear success stories. So tag me in any posts on social media or um, or drop me a line. That'd be great. All right. Thank you. Hello. I hope you enjoyed that podcast. Rachel is a lot of fun and she's really awesome for helping people get that publicity with their pet businesses. Before we go, though, don't forget you can get all of the show notes over at nickbenger.com slash Rachel hyphen Spencer. And make sure you follow our pain and suffering on the Get In Shape Timber Facebook group. See ya.